We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, guys? Welcome into the Guilty as Charged podcast. Yes, I was just on for our Q&A episode, but I am back because this injury report is not very lengthy, but it's weird. It's a it's definitely different than what I'm used to seeing, and the stories behind it are certainly not what I'm used to. So because I don't know very much, I'd love to bring on guests who know a lot more today. That is Jameson Omar. Jameson, first of all, how are you? And second of all, who are you? Why do I have you? <laughs> thanks. Uh, thanks for having me, Tyler. I uh, appreciate you uh, having me on. Um, I'm a fourth year medical student uh, at Yale uh, Med- Medical School over on the East Coast. Um, I'm going into orthopedics. That's the plan. I'm doing a research year actually at uh, University of California, San Francisco. So I'm, I'm back in California, which is where I'm from originally, uh, working in the orthopedics department here. Um, so hopefully, you know, working in the sports world at some point, we'll see. That's my interest. But uh, yeah, happy to offer a little bit of extra insight into what's going on this week. Love that. Love that. And just for everyone listening and watching, he's also a Chargers fan. So he's good company for sure. He's all the best right here. All the best guys for sure. <laughs> all righty. So this is kind of going to be the part of the show and really the most of the show where I step back and let you kind of do all this. He has a presentation for us. If you are listening, you'll probably get the gist of it. But if you want to watch on YouTube as well, go ahead. So I might ask questions here and there. Otherwise, Jameson, I'll load this for you up on the screen. Take it away. Sounds good. Yeah, feel free to hop in uh, wherever. We'll, we'll we'll run through. We'll focus more on uh, probably Justin Herbert, some of the more <laughs> questionable ones. Um but uh, just so we're all on the same page, this was the, the final injury report for this week. Um, we do have uh, JC Jackson and Corey Lindsley. We'll touch briefly on them, but they're, they're listed as doubtful here, which is notable. Um, mm-hmm. Neither of them practiced on, on Friday. Um, and in uh, kind of the, the league, league sense, doubtful players should not play. It's like listed as like run like 20, 10% uh, roughly of those players who, who are activated on game day. So I think it's unlikely we'll we'll see them, but we'll talk a little bit about what's going on with them as well. So without further ado, we'll start. We'll go into that, that the man himself. So Justin Herbert's injury uh, could have been worse, thankfully. This uh, image here is actually where I think the injury happened. This is uh, when Mike Day and I got through. Um, if you can see, Herbert actually landed on his helmet. So I, I don't think it was the actual initial hit, but uh, he came in with such force that 
And Herbert's not a small guy himself, you know, 235, 240. So you have that amount of weight landing on top of his helmet. Um, and that can actually push the cartilage forward. So uh, as we see in the, the cartilage here is red. So this is probably where the fracture initially occurred. You can see he was down for a while. He had to take a step out on this one. Um, this injury could have been a lot worse, thankfully. Um, it's just a costal cartilage injury, um, which is better than a rib fracture, as, as we've heard. Rib fractures come with the injury and the potential of, of actually injuring the lung. Um, when you have bone breakage, it tends to be sharper. It could um, kind of affect any of the organs inside. So thankfully, he avoided the, the rib fracture injury, and we have a costal cartilage injury. Um, the, the downside to a cartilage injury is because it has less blood flow than bone, it does take longer to heal. Um, However, the risk of aggravating it or making it worse or putting you know, him at serious risk of, of further injury like a lung puncture is lower, um, which is why I think a lot of the conversation over the last week about him being able to play is all about pain management. Um, so a lot of people have talked about whether he'll be able to play through the pain. Um, I was actually pretty reassured to see some of Daniel Popper's videos this week of him moving pretty well in practice. It looks like he was going through full stretching. He was able to throw, obviously. Um, he was noticeably cagey yesterday in his interview, um, as was mm -hmm. Saley, about whether he was going to be able to play this week. And um, I, a lot of the reporters were trying to get him to talk about the pain. And he kind of just was like talking about the throws he was making during those plays. And he was like, oh, I threw it a little high, but mm -hmm. did not mention how he was feeling or, or what he was right. doing, which I thought was interesting. Um, but when it comes to his status for you know this week and moving forward, it's certainly going to be a pain management issue. He looked in good spirits. Obviously, he's a tough guy. He went back into the game. He played last um, on on that Thursday night game. So mm -hmm. um, I'm I'm optimistic about him being able to play this week. I think he's certainly going to try. Um, and you have a guy like that um, who wants to play. I don't think Staley's going to tell him no, especially mm -hmm. since there's not really a major risk of him making this much worse if he plays. It's really a, a management issue. So um, if he does play, he will likely need some pain management in the form of an injury injection. Um, uh, the costal, um, your, your nerves actually run uh, from, from the front all the way to the back of the spinal cord. So he'll need an injection probably in the front. Because it's a cartilage injury, there's theoretically less injury of or less risk of uh, of actually having a, a lung puncture incident like what unfortunately happened to, to Tyrod Taylor um, mm -hmm. in Lon Justin's career. That's kind of the, been the storyline of the week. So um, still <laughs> and still an inherent risk, obviously, with any medical procedure. But I, I expect him to um, hopefully elect to, to 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 take that that pain management and have some sort of rib protection in play. Um, but it will be something that he'll have to deal with for, for the weeks to come. So we'll, we'll kind of mm -hmm. see how that develops. But um, I think he earned a lot of respect in the league with how he played through that pain. And I think he's he's not one that's going to want to sit on the sidelines. So so we'll, yeah. we'll see for sure. Um, let's come Sunday. But I, I'm optimistic about his chances of playing. Yeah, as am I. I'm optimistic as well. Not saying that he'll be perfect, of course, but I, I am optimistic that he'll be out there based on the way he performed and the fact that he just he will want to be out there. So unless Brandon Staley has the final decision, and I don't think he does, I do think Herbert will be out there in some capacity. You talked about there's a very small chance, that there's really no, almost no chance that he can make this worse. But he can. There is a chance that he can make it worse. What would that look like? Yeah, um, the cartilage, I mean, it's going to take some time to heal. Um, so the timelines are can be anywhere from four to six weeks until he's completely pain free. Um, if he's taking excessive amounts of hits um, to the area, you know, there is an injury that it could disrupt the healing process. 
Um, but with the proper padding, it, it's it's likely that he'll be able to have some amount of uh, of protection there. So um, it's not going to be pleasant taking hits, but he's not at a serious risk of like worsening the fracture, especially if it's already fractured. Um, mm -hmm. and, it, and it doesn't sound like it was that serious, nor was it multiple cartilage fractures. It seems like it was pretty localized. So hopefully with the proper protection, he'd be okay. But um, yeah, they're, they're a little, that information is a little hard to come by. So um, from what he, how he's moving and everything though, I, I, I think it's pretty localized is what I would guess. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if you'll know the answer to this or how you'd be able to answer this, but there was the play that he had a wide open first down. He could have run no problem threw the ball in the dirt, looked clearly in pain. After that, yeah. he threw the best pass of the game to DeAndre Carter. <laughs> what is it more difficult to do one thing or the other? Or do you think he just gutted it out on that Carter throw and just made something almost impossible happen? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it, it speaks to his toughness, but injuries like these, the um, you, you can get what's called shocks of pain. And especially in the adrenaline of the game, it's likely that when he pulled up on that play, he was either thinking either got a shock of pain and realized he wasn't going to actually be able to run that four yards or was really not interested in taking a hit of any kind in that, in that moment. Um, and, you know, adrenaline works in, in, in strange ways. Uh, I, I played uh, college rugby and uh, I remember I, I broke one of my foot, uh, you know, midway through a game and I ended up playing a half on it before I realized it was broken. So, <laughs> okay. uh, you know, that those types of things can happen when, when you're in the moment. So I think he was, he was, you know, gutting it out for the chargers and really trying to, to give them a shot. And that, that, that throw to DeAndre Carter was on, on our rope and pretty ridiculous. So um, mm -hmm. it's likely now that that like intense pain, those intense twinges of pain are gone, but he's mm -hmm. still going to be in some amounts of pain as he's moving, as he's rotating across those core muscles, which are all attached on the ribs. So it's going to be more of a dull pain. It's probably unlikely that he'll have mm -hmm. sharp pains unless he takes a, a particularly bad hit. But Nice. Okay. Last question. And again, I don't know if you know the answer to this or not. What would his throw pitch count be? What would you kind of assume he just under 30 do you think at some point this is something that just if he throws 10 times it's okay 20 times it gets worse by 30 we're in serious pain is there anything like that is there any kind of pitch count for him i obviously they'll they'll not let him throw so much and i hopefully he doesn't have to but is there a kind yeah. of threshold i guess a number we can't really pass yeah i i think it's probably less likely a pitch count um especially with the injection the pain injection he's probably going to have some amount of pain tolerance there mm. um i think it's likely going to be how they're going to protect him moving around the field whether they try to do more design rollouts whether they're just going to do quick sure. pass offense try to keep that that you know quick releases um it, it's going to be I, I don't think it's going to be the throwing motion itself necessarily that's causing him mm. as much pain more so his ability to kind of take any of the hits that come with football. I see, I would expect him to be less likely to try to scramble and more likely to throw the ball away. Um, and so from an offensive perspective, I think they're going to have to try to rely on the run game a little bit and try to scheme up some more quick passes. Just to try to give him some more time without major hits over the, over the course of his recovery process. Perfect. Thank you so much. Yeah. More quick passes. What every Chargers fan seems to want to hear these days. Uh, I know. Unfortunately, whole, whole different debate for a whole <laughs> different topic. All right, let's move on to the next guy here. I believe that's Corey Lindsley. So my understanding yeah. is he hadn't have an, I don't even know if it's related, but in terms of, because people are worried about this being a, a Brian Balaga thing, right? But Brian Balaga had this strong history of injuries and he was littered with ACL tears and all sorts of stuff. I believe Corey Lindsley only had a knee issue in 2020, um, but this is slightly different, I believe. Um, but talk about it because this is something that, you know, in the off season during training camp, they were giving him a lot of rest days. And, you know, he's seen 
you know, to be completely fine in the first game of the season. But now he's dealing with this. But then Staley kind of suggested that maybe this isn't the same thing and the reason he was sitting out during training camp. So, you know, what do you see from this? And again, this is based on everything that you could potentially gather and know. Yeah. Obviously, just for everyone listening, this isn't like 100% definitive. This is as best as Jameson can do. So uh, talk me through it. Yeah, um, some medical information. They're, they're obviously closed mouth about it, but because of mm-hmm. NFL standards, they have to report um, a body part. So for him, they reported <laughs> a knee injury. Um, Daniel Popper put out a, a tweet from that Staley mentioned that he had a, a, an injection in his lower quad slash upper knee area, which mm-hmm. leads me to believe it's he's dealing with some type of quad tendonitis. Um, that's where the quadricep tendon uh, attaches, right above your patella there. Um, for offensive linemen and critically important for them to be able to extend and push off. He spends a lot of time in this position. So mm. um, it sounds, it sounds like a tendonitis tendinopathy type of injury. Um, it doesn't sound like a serious ligament tear or ligament injury. It wasn't like he was, um, you know, put in a, a tough position. It was an acute injury, um, mm. which is the, the positive to that, meaning he's, he's probably had, you know, operating at somewhere close to his peak efficiency, he's just dealing with a lot of pain as he's doing that. So tendinopathies and tendinitis just are come from a kind of an overuse, chronic overuse injury. Mm-hmm. So it could it could have been related to any number of, of, of plays throughout the, the preseason or throughout a strength training regimen. So um, he obviously got some type of injection, likely a, a steroid injection to try to help with the pain management, because these ones these injuries are more so about, again, about pain management. So the, the steroid injection helps manage that, helps reduce any inflammation and allows them to kind of get back to physical activity because how you manage these injuries and how you go forward is unfortunately just through rest and also stretching physical therapy and strength training. Um, so the mm-hmm. quicker he was able to get back into that kind of physical therapy, the quicker that he can recover. Um, he's listed as doubtful this week. I don't think he plays. I think... Mm-hmm. But when Staley says short term, tendonitis, tendinopathy is not necessarily something that you can manage in the short term. Um, ideally, yeah. it gets better. And I think they're just going to try to get him as much rest as possible. Um, the defense, the Jags defensive front is obviously nothing to, to scoff at. So mm-hmm. but I think they're going to try to maximize his rest in the short term. And in this one week period, give him the game off, give him an extra week of, of, of rest. And hopefully when he gets to that three week mark, he'll be at a better place to manage it for the rest of the season. However, Tendonitis is not something that will go away. And so it's something he'll probably have to manage throughout the course of the season until he gets a, mm-hmm. a period for, for extended rest. So we'll see. Um, I imagine he'll probably get another injection um, uh, to help him again, keep participating in stretching and strength training. But um, it's something that unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be a, <laughs> an issue like Brian Belaga, where we saw like uh, back injuries are, are tough to deal with. And, and mm-hmm. um, he had an extended history, injury history as well. We saw how well Corey Lindsay played in week one. Um, yes. And it's this injury is not going to hinder him from keep playing at that level. It's just going to be a pain management thing. So he's going to have to work with the trainers and the, and the physical therapy staff to kind of help him manage that that season. But he's I, he's still going to be able to perform at a high level if he can help manage the pain and and reduce the, the kind of the amount of tendonitis that he's experiencing. Gotcha. So let's say he misses this week and it sounds like he'll miss this week. Let's say he comes back next week. Feels good. All that. Where are we at in four weeks after that? If this is something he's going to be dealing with all season, do they just like, oh, we have to miss another game in four weeks because it's getting worse and worse and worse and worse? Is that something we can expect at this point? And then also just in his career moving forward, I think he's here for another three years or two years after this. So what are we looking at here, you know, both in the the long term of the season, but of course, then his whole contract? 
Yeah, I mean, the long term of the season, tendonitis is something that that can get better with extended periods of rest. So over the course of something mm-hmm. like an off season, it's something that can be managed. And and you know, I'm sure he's working with trainers to kind of go through the necessary rehab um, and strengthening and stretching that can kind of prevent it from happening. Um, so in the long term, it, it's probably something that can be managed effectively. But in the short term, it's something that that really can only get better through periods of rest. So I hope that he comes back and and they'll probably help give him a you know better more better and rest days during the week, the course of the week of practice, just to kind of reduce the total amount of of time that he's activating those muscles and pushing off and having to having to use them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we'll have a better idea after he does come back and play a game, whether he's able to complete the game and how he's recovering after that. So hopefully we'll have more information um, next week when we when we see him in practice again. But I imagine more veteran rest days, lots of rehab um, in the short term to kind of help him through the season um, and get him back to feeling comfortable on that knee. But in terms of long term output, um, I think he'll be he'll be fine. And, and he's, you know, a as, as good a center as you can come by. So uh, yeah. that's what we can hope for. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Was there a chance, I don't remember if they've mentioned this or not, that he was playing through this at all in the week one game? Um, it, it wasn't mentioned. I mean, he didn't pop up onto it until he kind of dropped out of the Chiefs game. Um, mm-hmm. It's, you know, Staley insists that it's not related to anything that he was dealing with in camp. And, uh, you know, we got to go with that information that we're given. <laughs> um, so yeah. um, it's likely different, but... Um, you know, it is something he probably could have developed over the course of that game and leading into that game and training camp that that kind of, you know, flared up during the during the first half of that that Chiefs game. But um, yeah. hopefully it's not something that will hinder him going forward. We'll see. Yeah, hopefully not. Absolutely. All right. Moving through just so much positivity talking about these injuries. All right. This one. Yeah, um, I, I couldn't really. This is not the story of the offseason, but it, it almost seems like it is because you're, you sign him. All is good. Great. All pro corner. Then we have this thing that pops up and some people are saying nope was never an issue some people and i've heard oh yep it's been bugging him since new england some people say nope we got to training camp everything was good when we signed him it was all good and then after a few mm-hmm. weeks things got worse walk me through this because i'm as lost as, as anybody else so as best as you can tell what are we looking yeah. at what what happened so this is a, I mean, it's really interesting. I, I had to look this up myself because it's, it's not all that common, but this is a condition called ostrogonum. Um, as you can see in the x-ray here, there's an extra bone. Um, that bone can um, be congenital. So he could be, have been born with it, which according to an Ian Rappaport tweet is what his condition was. He was born with this bone and he's had it his whole career up to this point. Um, it could also happen due to an ankle fracture of some type. But for him, we were led to believe it, it's always been there. Um, and in general, if depending on the size of this of, of that bone, um, it can not really cause an issue at all. But every time you're plantar flexing, which means pushing off and bending that ankle down, your foot down and on points, you get you can get you can get in irritation and pain. So it's likely that he had some type of you know injury and pain that he's been dealing with his whole career. Um, obviously, it has never been serious enough for a team to you know elect to have him undergo this operation or for him himself to push for it. But in this situation, he did go elect to get that bone removed. It's a fairly simple operation. They do it arthroscopically, so just two little incisions, um, and they do it with just a small camera and they just pull the bone out. Which is why there was all this emphasis on just wound healing. As soon as the wound heals, he's okay. And it's because they didn't they didn't do anything to the bone. They didn't do anything to the ligaments. They didn't reattach anything or shave anything off. They really just extracted the bone. Um, and then also give him time for the incisions to heal and he should have been uh, good to go. Um, it is worrying though, that, that his kind of 
rest this week and and you know they gave him gave him a lot of rest he's doubtful to play i highly doubt he's going to play this weekend um it could have just been you know there's some sort of amount of deconditioning that happens when you go through a surgery even a minor one that you're not able to flex your foot for a week and that has some amount of of uh the muscles in your foot and around your ankle so it could be a soreness thing from, from what we understand he didn't undergo like or didn't uh, like uh have a serious injury during the game or during the course of any type of rehab or practice so it's not like he made it worse um but it's going to be very interesting to monitor how he's incorporated back um uh, next week. So best case scenario, we see him out in practice Wednesday. He looks fine. It really was just, uh, you know, he was out of, he was out of football shape for a week. The ankle came back in. It just got a little sore, a little tender, but long-term he's just fine. I think that's probably what we're seeing. Um, and maybe they're really confident in Michael Davis and Sante Samuel this weekend against the, the uh, and Bryce Callahan in the slot. Um, you know, they have, they have the secondary depth to give that. So I think they're probably taking a bet on being okay with their depth, giving him the time to be, 100% moving forward rather than trying to play at a 90% level um, moving forward. So that that's his kind of his little, his little bit about his story and a little bit about him moving forward, but I think he'll be okay. Uh, but we, we really won't know until we get another practice report next week. Yeah. I'll definitely be waiting for that one. We'll see. It was certainly confusing at first to see, Oh, where we went from all the snaps against the chiefs to a rest week, but you seem at least optimistic about the outlook moving forward. So that's good. I know people are, concerned about well why was he so inexpensive or why did the Patriots let him go and sure those questions will pop up but it sounds like this is just an odd thing an outlier but we'll kind of be past it moving forward so that's good yeah I think at this point yeah. um, it is reassuring and I think that you know the medical staffs they they all this is going into consideration when they're signing like these players are open books their whole medical history mm -hmm. so the Chargers were probably aware of this and probably aware that that this could could happen um, and Staley has been more kind of player focused. And so, you know, the best case scenario is, you know, he could have been playing. Let's let's just say we saw JC Jackson playing at 90 percent, 95 percent of his capability mm. over the last three seasons. And now his ankle feels even more comfortable moving forward. Um, that, that 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 is in the realm of possibilities. So we'll see. But it, uh, we'll have more information next week on it. Ooh, that sounds even more optimistic. I like that. There's something positive in the middle of this. Cool. Sounds hey. good. I love it. Appreciate it. All righty. I believe this is the last bit of, I mean, there's obviously more players on the injury report, uh, but these are the two, last two real concerning ones. And we have yeah. Keenan that's apparently 50-50 and Donald Parham who had his injury back in, let me see if I can find it. I believe it was August 6th. So almost 50 days ago, this hamstring yep. injury, this quote unquote hamstring injury popped up. Um, I actually want to start with Donald Parham. So what, what happened because this, was, this has been a long time uh, trying to deal yeah. with this injury so what what happened here uh hamstring uh injuries are, are notorious uh notoriously tricky to treat um mm -hmm. in nfl players they have a recurrence rate of about 30 percent too after you have mm -hmm. one um it's just something that's very common it's actually something that's increasing in the nfl and the nfl set aside some money about four million dollars they gave to the university of wisconsin to kind of okay study hamstring injuries in general so it's it's something that has been increasing um and it's something when you're when you're 610 someone like uh, or, <laughs> and you're yes uh, you have very long hamstrings and you have you're constantly stretching and you're, you're, you're pointing your leg out and bending it. It's something that unfortunately is common, uh, mm -hmm. mostly around, among receivers and, and cornerbacks. Um, but there, there's different severities. So it sounds like for him, he had an initial strain. Uh, he mm -hmm. came back at some point 
potentially too early, was trying to work through it. The thing about hamstring injuries is that if you do come back too early, you're, you're at a pretty high risk of re-injury, which is, it sounds like what he had it when he had a setback, maybe about towards the end of, of training camp. So um, if moving forward, it, it's something that, that once you allow it to heal, um, you, you do have a risk of injury injury is somewhere between 10 to 15% in the same season. So that is something that we will have to keep an eye out, but um, it's better to be treat these ones on the conservative side um, and allow them to fully heal before you come back. So he's listed as questionable this week based on how he's been progressing. I would, I would doubt that he plays, but um, it is um, from a personnel management perspective uh, that they need tight ends and they need blocking tight ends. So if he's able to, show to the training staff and show to the, the organization that he's able going to be able to play through this um, and, and keep his injury risk low by some of the PT that he's been doing. And then there's a potential that he plays, but um, yeah, I'm less confident about him playing than Keenan playing for sure. Yeah, absolutely agree. All right. Let's hear about Mr. Keenan Allen. Yeah. Keenan, uh, Keenan has had a uh, hamstring injuries in the past. It sounds like this one was more like a great run. So the, the least uh, injury that you can have, you know, he talked about if it had, you know, if the Chiefs game had been on a Sunday, he might have been able to play optimistic. Um, but but usually for a grade one injury, it's between one and two games missed. So he's, I would say, 50-50 to play is going to be how he's um, feeling this weekend. If Staley and the, and the medical staff decide to be conservative, um, you know, there's a chance that they hold them out just to, again, ensure that it heals completely because we don't want to necessarily a Donald Parham type situation when they come back too early and they restrain it. And then that, that adds weeks on weeks on weeks to the recovery. So um, they will need him in the offense. Uh, the offense has unfortunately not looked quite as explosive or not been able to attack the downfield, which is not necessarily what Keenan has been known for historically, but it's certainly something that's been happening more of the last two seasons with taking advantage of Justin Herbert's arm. So we'll see how he feels. He'll probably go through warmups on, on, on Sunday and, and see how he's feeling. But even if he does come back, he's likely going to be on a, on a snap count for sure. Um, usually the, from some of the data, it shows that people who come back from hamstring uh, uh, injuries, they have about a 40% reduction in their snaps uh, about the first game back. So we could see him going about half the amount of routes that he's normally running. Uh, and by the third or fourth game back, he's back up to 100, but it'll likely be kind of a slow reintegration into the offense as he moves back into the. No, that's a great poll. I, I did not know that. Uh, I don't have him in fantasy, so I don't have any stake in the uh, fantasy <laughs> football department. But yeah, 40% reduction. That's interesting. Is it worth it for a player with a hamstring injury, let's say it's Keenan Allen, to have them out there for limited snaps? Is that good for the sort of recovery, if you will? Like, oh, let's get him out there and, and not warmed up. You know what I mean? But like, is that good or should they just let him rest the whole week if it is like that? Um, I mean, I, I think from a player confidence perspective, it's probably helpful to get him back out there. Obviously, okay. there's always a risk of re-injury and at competition level, which is what he's going to be competing at. There's no way he's going to be able or there's no way he will go out there and run his roots at 70 percent of, <laughs> of Keenan out. And so yeah. these pl players always want to play so that there's always a delicate balance of. All right. We have to know that if we put him out there, there is a risk. But from a player confidence perspective in the game and getting back, sometimes it's helpful just to give them some amount of snaps. So okay. um, it's going to be how the team's going to manage it and how he wants to play it. But we'll, we'll see how kind of their relationship is. If he does play, he will likely play a reduced staff role. Um, but moving forward, if this weekend, if he does play this weekend, if everything is smooth and we don't hear about it, it should be something that he'll be, um, you know, not, not too bothersome moving forward in the season. Okay, sounds good. We are at the end or the beginning, depending on how you're looking at this. Just out of curiosity, and I have you off the screen now so everyone can see the injury report. 
Let's mm-hmm. go through just the guys that you talked about, right? Keenan, Herbert, JC, Lindsley, Parham. Pipkins seems like he's going to play, so that's fine. Mm-hmm. What would your, I guess, recommendation be for each guy? And then what is your expectation for them on Sunday? Yeah, so we'll start from the doubtful players. I, I doubt JC plays and I doubt Corey plays. Um, and I mm-hmm. think that's just from a conservative injury standpoint. I mean, the Chargers have dealt with injuries for a long time, you know, and I can remember going back being a fan many, many years that the, mm-hmm. the injury curse has always been a joke. And thankfully <laughs> last year, Staley came in and, and they were they were better. So I think the conservative management practice is probably what we're going to have moving forward, really to try to get these players back to full strength before they come back. So JC Jackson, Corey Lindsley, I doubt they play this week. Both are hopefully, um, you know, in their recoveries, good to play for moving forward, mm-hmm. but we'll have to man. We'll have to see that. Um, for for Keenan Allen and Donald Parham, so for our for our uh, hamstring injuries, I doubt Donald Parham plays. It's been an extended injury, and I think they want to make sure that he's absolutely confident in his hamstring before they put him back out in a, in a game time situation. Um, and I think Keenan will come down to a game time uh, decision, so we'll see that so for him and and and. Justin Herbert. Um, those will be Sunday morning uh, warm-ups. We'll see how they're moving. They'll have conversations with their their position coaches and with the medical staff and ultimately with with Staley to kind of decide uh, how confident they are and they play in playing. Um, I think if they have any reservations about Keenan, they won't let him play. They'll, they'll kind of give him that extra week to really, again, allow that to, to heal so they don't risk losing him for uh, four or five weeks moving forward and rather just, you know, we'll take the sure bet and having him back, you know, week four, at, week four at full strength. But for Herbert, um, you know, he's a young guy. He wants to play. He obviously is the Chargers offense to a certain extent. Um, we'll see mm-hmm. likely a different version of Justin Herbert than, than we, we know. He'll still probably be mobile to a certain extent, but he'll take, he'll take the kind of shorter throws. He won't, you know, hold in the pocket really and throw those, you know, 60 yard bombs to Jalen Guyton that, that, that we've become accustomed to. But, um, I'm optimistic in, in him playing, and I think he'll he'll likely play and push through the pain, but um, we'll have to see on Sunday. Yeah, I agree. Okay, bonus question. Score prediction for tomorrow, if Herbert plays. Uh, score for the, if Herbert plays, I think it's going to be a, you know, a, a run-heavy offense. We'll see some, some scores, so I'll say uh, 24-17 Chargers. Okay, yeah, feeling confident about this defense. All right, Jameson, thank you so much for jumping on. I certainly could have had no chance of explaining that myself, so I really appreciate it. Where can Chargers fans find you? Because I know you're on Twitter with two separate accounts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can follow, find me at Jamison Omar if you want to hear about orthopedics in general. That's where I post a lot about research that I'm doing and stuff like that. But if you're interested in the Chargers takes, you can find me at DocChargers805 on, on Twitter. And I, I post kind of week, week-to-week injury updates on, and kind of commentary and extra information if anyone's interested in finding that. Yeah, go check it out. I mean, that's how I found you to begin with. And you messaged me and it's great. Like this information is wonderful, whether it's 100% accurate or not. We don't know. But that is a that is a much better guess than any of us could have had. So I really appreciate you jumping on. I'll definitely have you on again for sure. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.